Hi, this is Gary York, founder of GGG, Give God Glory. For the past eight years, my wife Gail and I have been hosting a tent revival meeting in Waterman, Illinois, where the body of believers can come and encounter the presence of God and are encouraged to go out and minister to the world around them. We hope you enjoy this message from our recent gathering. For more information on GGG or to connect with us, please visit our website at gggministry.com. Now sit back and enjoy this short message. Praise Jesus. It's a joy to be with you again today. I want to thank the Yorks for uh, opening up a place, a womb, uh, which is a birthing place uh, for the purposes of God that is impacting the world um, literally. I want to thank you for coming and taking the time aside of all places that you could have been today. You've chosen to be here in the cornfields of Illinois, Waterman. And so um, I think we're going to have an amazing time. Let me just set up the track for today. So um, uh, we're going to do a feedback, testimony feedback of last week. Uh, uh, We're going to do a brief recap. Uh, then I would like to go back to uh, the why of evangelism. The primary why is what we focus on, which is the love. And the place of origin of that, we said, was in the heart of God before eternity. Um, but there, there, I want to put some additional meat, if you will, on that. Um, additional whys. The why of evangelism. So I want to go back there. So in your notes, if you can just uh, marry what I'll share today with what we did before. And then we're going to close with the how of evangelism. We touched on a little bit that last week. We're going to continue with that. And then wherever the Lord wants us to go. Let's go back to the why of evangelism. And and I pray that the the big why will grow in your heart the revelation of that. It will it will it will perfume, it will saturate, it will define your spirit. That that you will be so baptized, immersed in love. So that is the big why, the big motivation. It blows my mind. We're going to come to the others now, but don't lose sight of that is primero. That is primary. That in eternity, God already decided he is going to love a race that has not even been created. And he's going to provide a solution before there's a problem. That for me is just like, it tickles my fancy. And more than that, it sh- should bring into this, when we share the gospel, it's got nothing to do with you. Well, I pray, I do this. No, 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 you don't understand this whole thing. Let, let me just give you the, let me put this thing in perspective for you. That this love of God far surpasses your ten Hail Marys. And I've been to church every week this week. 
And so God is, I deserve to go. You need to understand it's got, it's got everything to do with him. He just loves you. He's just so crazy in love with you. And there's nothing you can do about it to change that. That is the gospel. That's the big why. Why did he do that? Because of his love. You doubt God and you say, oh, if God loves me, I'm going to ask him that a star falls from the sky. Really? There's a tree on which God, the man, died. You want to know how much he loved you? This much. He spread out his hands and he died. That's the message, and that is the why. Don't lose sight of that. But now we can add a little bone, a little bone of flesh to rest. Another why. We are commanded to preach the gospel. It's called the Great Commission. Rodney Howard Brown says it's not the Great Suggestion. It's the Great Commission. Someone once said, this is a quote, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. In my walk with the Lord and in my travels, I would hear people, South Africans, would say to me, for example, why do you have to go to America or to Europe or to Latin America if there's so many, many souls to be saved here? I said, because the command is going to all the world. You have not been just called to America. Your mandate spans the globe. But we start in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is here. Judea, Samaria, then to the outermost parts of the earth. But every Christian should have a global worldview and a global view and passion for the harvest. God is not South African. He's not American. He's a God of the nations. So the why, I would say for me, the lesser whys, you know, but it's equally important. The big why is the love. Is we are commanded to. Number two, because souls are valuable. Mark 8.36 says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? Number three, 
It is the reason why Jesus came to earth. Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. 1 John 3, verse 8. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested in the earth to destroy the works of the evil one. John 12, 32. If I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. This is why I came. Why should you be a soul winner? It's because I came for that purpose. Number five, why should you be a soul winner? Because it is the ministry of every believer. Every believer, whether you're introvert or an extrovert, whether you're Pentecostal, Charismatic, Bapticostal, Baptist, does not matter. A moment you become a believer and a follower of Jesus, you and I have been called to be a soul winner. It's not, oh, I decide, I prefer to be in the ministry of intercession. No. If you're not a soul winner, you are, number one, disobedient. You're not walking out your calling. Let me throw this in quickly. To be a soul winner is part of your armor. Ephesians 6 says, and shot your feet with a readiness to proclaim the gospel of peace. You talk about, what does he say when he starts out in Ephesians 6, verse 10? He says, finally, my, brother, uh, my brethren, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Then he says, put on the what? The partial armor of God or the, the parts that you like? No, the what? Sorry, I'm not hearing you. Uh huh. The full armor. So can I be selective? Listen. When David went to battle Goliath, where did the stone hit him? In the one place where he had, was exposed, where he was vulnerable. Blessed are the feet of those who brings good tidings. God said to Eve, this is what you are going to battle. This is what you've got to watch out. It already happened in the Garden of Eden. Already happened. So it's not something. Now remember, this happened when she was perfect and holy. Are you tracking with me? She was perfect and holy, and she chose out of that state rebellion. How much more from a state of being born again in the spirit, but the soul still has to be saved? which you and I have to do, the salvation of our soul, work out your own salvation. 
work it out, not work out, right? From your spirit, the reality here, your soul has to catch up with the reality of your spirit. And then your body has to come in line with that. So how much more a person this side of the fall, the potential does exist. If it existed for Eve, who was perfect. What happened? Her feet walked away from the head. That's a completely different thing, you know. But what I want to say is, part of the feet being in alignment with the head is so winning. So watch this. If you follow me, Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 4, 19, if you follow me, if you follow me, I will make you a fisher of man if you follow me. What is the converse to that? Am I a fisher of men? If I'm not a fisher of men, the question is, am I following Jesus? In line with this. See? Now you say, but this sounds like condemnation preaching. Absolutely. Yeah, it's meant to be condemnation of conviction. The whole thing is like just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You cannot be pacified and blessed in your passivity and in your disobedience. And be said, oh, baby, yeah, how long do you want to be called baby? You've got to grow up. And part of growing up of a child is to start to walk. And the child begins to walk. They just don't just walk wherever they want to, especially when there are water and dogs and stuff like that. You listen to the voice. No, this way. Oh, I'm not this. It never started with you. you you're not in this. It proceeds from the head. That's where the body gets the instruction from. So if you follow me, I will make you. Another reason why you will be a follower is if you are a follower of Jesus, that is part of the command, it will automatically happen. If it's not happening, am I following Jesus? You have a saying back home, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Why must you be a soul winner? God will hold you accountable. Acts 20, 26, Paul writes, I witness to you today that I am free and innocent of the blood of all men. I fully discharged my ministry and my responsibility. In fact, he said, I have fought the good fight. How many people can say that? I fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race. There is not one second why I must remain on God's green earth. In fact, he put it this way. He said, I poured out my life as a drink offering. I'm going home empty. There's no unfulfilled dreams and destinies and songs and sermons and books and purposes that were supposed to be left on the earth as legacy. Nothing. You can take me home. I'm done. Assignment finished. Mission accomplished. Jesus is the one other person who said, Father, I have glorified thee with the same glory I had before. Now, glorify thy son. I have finished. He said, you know how I glorified you? By finishing the work that you called me to do. If there are people that God has meant for you to lead to Him, and you are not doing that, your work is undone. Get on with it. No more excuses. If you're afraid, do it afraid. If you're unsure, do it unsure. But don't do it. When you stand before God and you look into the eyes of one with nothing is hidden, he's all seeing. Listen, excuses, you'll just like, uh, uh, nothing. There's nothing you'll be able to say. Nothing. God will hold you accountable. Ezekiel 33, 8-9 When I say, this is God speaking, when I say unto the wicked, a wicked man, you will surely die. And if you that I have appointed with a message to go and tell them, do not warn the wicked from his ways. That wicked person will die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. This is what Paul was writing in Acts 20, 26. I witness to you today that I'm free and innocent of the blood of all men. He was quoting Ezekiel 33. His blood I will require of them. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. It's not our responsibility to save people. It's our responsibility to communicate and share the gospel. What they choose when we make them the offer is between them and God. Don't feel responsible and don't feel bad. You pastors should feel bad when the person does say no in the sense of I'm weeping and I'm mourning and I'm crying because there's another soul going to eternity. That is why I'm crying. I'm not crying because I'm, oh, he rejected me and I feel so, you know. That's the wrong reason why you cry. But you've done your job. You can walk away. You can say, well, praise God, I've done that. But now I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to start to intercede. And that happened to me with a guy called Tapsman Dow was 18 years old. 
I went to a very fancy Lani finishing school. The first day I walk in, put my bags in, hey, walk in, I thought it was just like, eh, like seven course meals all over. It's just, just one of the most. So I went to sit down. I know nobody. I'm checking this out. It's like, what in the world, you know? I thought that was like the opening, just a special function that they had. That's how we ate every day. This was like the cream of the cream of the cream. So I'm sitting down, minding my own business and eating. And all of a sudden, Taps Mandawa walks up to me and begins to challenge me. He doesn't know me. We haven't spoken a word. So where did the people come from that Cain was sent to? And he begins to talk like all kinds of scriptures. He's trying to challenge me. I just keep quiet and I say, Lord, what must I do here? talking. A crowd starts to come, like 10, 20 people around him. Come on, Debs, you know. Cheering him on. I waited. What must I say, Lord? And God said, tell him what I said to Saul. It's hard to kick against the goats. In other words, you are resisting that which you know is the way that you should go. And I got up and I left. That was the Friday. We went on a tour where they shot Shaka Zulu. I don't know if you know that film. Went to the set and we went that weekend. But the moment I got into that vehicle, I prayed in tongues for taps. The whole weekend just prayed. You're asking, what are you doing? Just, you know, just praying. From Friday to Sunday. 2 p.m., we came back to our place. I took my bags out of the vehicle and I walked to my apartment. It's like yesterday. Put my bags down, opened the door, took my bags, and as I walked in, I was about, I kicked the door closed. As I was doing that, and it went, the door opened again, and it was taps. He ran in. He fell on his knees. And this is what he said. Saul, tell me about Jesus. I led him to Jesus. Prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, I couldn't sleep this whole weekend. And taps went on. Not only just received Jesus, became a famous guy in Africa, singer, whatever, but the power of prayer. If you get consumed with, okay, you rejected Jesus, I'm going to go from ground assault now to air assault. This thing didn't work, I'm hitting you from another dimension. Why must you be a soul winner? Because the Great Commission is your ministry. You may be called to many other stuff, but it is your, it's the ministry of every believer. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 21. 
If anybody has it, please read. Five, fifteen. Uh, sorry, seventeen to twenty-one. The great commission to be a soul winner is your. There is not a soul winning department. The entire church is so, are soul winners. Not an evangelism ministry. And guys, whoever wants to join the no, the the, the entire church is the soul winning department, soul winning ministry. A church is not so in it, they've lost their course. They've gone off course, they've gone off track. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. Please read if you have a job. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling, 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 thank you, the world to himself. Okay, just just, just time out, because this messed up my Pentecostal-like teachings. Read that again. The word is reconciling. You can just skip over it if it's an issue. Just read that again. That is that God was in Christ. What? what? Read that again. That is that God was in Christ. Doing what? Reconciling. The church, right? Yep. Reconciling the church. The Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it says? The Christians to himself? Mm-hmm. The body of Christ? Is that what it says? It says the world to himself. So why are you saying, uh-huh, the church? I'm asking you, what is that word there? Who was he reconciling? The world. He was reconciling the Christians, right? The believers. Every, the world. The world, what? You're telling me that sinners? Bro, that's messing my up, my theology. Read that again. <laughs> that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Wait a minute, time out. So you saying to me that when Jesus was on the cross, the reconciliation, the forgiveness of the world was, or was taking place right there, or is it something that will take place when a sinner comes to Jesus? I'm asking not for everybody, I'm asking what took place and when. Was it when I come now in 2021, April, whatever the date is, and I say, I want to receive Jesus, I'm a sinner. Then God will reconcile me and then he... What does it say? I have church doctrine. We have church doctrine. We have, you know, that, 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 that says one thing. This is what the Word says. Read it again, please. That is that God was in Christ... Reconciling the world to himself. Read the next part. Not imputing. Okay, okay. that's a a big fancy word. It's just counting. Not? Not counting their trespasses to them. 
and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Okay, just go back. So you, there's a double affirmative right there. So you're telling me, okay, God's reconciling. So in other words, to reconcile means there was separation or there was division or there was like, you know, disharmony and all of that. Reconciling. Then the issue that caused the separation, you're saying that he says he's not counting that against them? We have to understand the message of the cross. We have to understand what the gospel is. We have to understand what we affirm. We have to understand what we are taking out to the world and telling them. Now that all of that deal was done. In fact, That thing was done in eternity already. It's just, it's, that was just the formality. That was just, but that thing took place there already. Because when God says it, it is. He calls things which are not as if it is. So when he says it, it is. This is so deep and this is so profound. And if we carry the weight and the depth and the truth of this in your spirit, you'll become unstoppable. Because the love is irresistible. This love. You look like somebody in a class. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. When it's talking about how God reconciled the world to himself in Christ, so like even though like technically people who don't know God are actually sinning right now, you're saying that that's not that's not separating them from God because it's already been accounted for? No. So what are you like Okay, let me explain that. It's a good question. So Isaiah fifty five says I cannot hear you because your sin separates me. We said death is separation, right? Okay. So that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Man's spirit died. They were separated from God. So the reconciliation took place. But here is the other part of this. Let him finish the, the verse. And then we can talk. So finish the next part. Yeah. Up to 21. Now then, we are ambassadors. No, 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 go back. He committed to us. So he did this and then he committed to us two things. And committed to us. Not imputing their No, 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 no. Back. So God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself and... Has given the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we Okay, read re- 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 that again. Yeah. So read it strong, strong, muy fuerte. Okay. Me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Uh huh. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as through God, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is your answer. So, 
it is. If Gary says to me, I am making you the offer. We have already decided TRC or whoever is going to employ you. We're going to do this. We're going to give you this. This is it's already been decided. This is yours. It's not mine yet. Until I come into agreement and sign on the dotted line. Then the deal is done. This is the part that he says. And he committed to us two things. The message and the ministry of reconciliation. It is as if God is pleading through us to the world. Please, be reconciled. Accept the deal. Don't be stupid. Sign. What must I do to be saved? Nothing. He already did it. You must just accept what has been done. Believe that God wants to be good to you. John 6, what the Jews ask must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, believe. That's it. Can your sins be more forgiven than it was already? No. Can Jesus pay more A bigger price. Can he add to the sacrifice? No. He died once. Once. For all. It's done. There are many people. Who are in hell today. Not because. They chose to. But because of ignorance. Or because of message that was preached to them. And they thought. They had to do something. Be good. Change. Stop smoking. Stop doing this. Stop doing that too. Then you'll be acceptable to God. No. Jesus said, mm-mm. The sick needs the doctor, not the healthy. I came for the sick. We are saying, first heal yourself. Dust yourself off. Then you come. Then you go for the appointment. You have cancer? First, sort yourself out, get healed. Then after you're healed, make the point where you're going to see the doctor. How backward is that? <laughs> One of the biggest salvations that we need is the salvation from Christianese. Stop talking this jargon that you don't understand. We are affirming things that we don't understand. Don't buy into wording and semantics, diction, words that you don't understand what it means. I'm not saying simplified word down, but delve, get, because words, words it's words are spirit. It's that is the la- It's spirit. When you are speaking, you are conveying truth. The word becomes a reality. When I say be healed, I'm not speaking words. I am bringing healing from the dimension of God's spirit. And when I say be healed, this is not just words. Words are the vehicle to bring that reality into their life. So when I'm speaking and dealing with the eternity of the soul of a person in front of me, 
go in with all of my faith and all of my, I'm going to get you out of hell. You're sitting in this restaurant. Five ladies were having a great time, right? Mm-hmm. Looks like a party that they had there. And I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world, number one, do I break up this party? So that I can speak to you. The table is littered with margaritas. And it's coming. And they are high as a kite, a Georgia pie. They are just like, oh, having a great time. And I'm sitting and watching. How do I get the access point? Remember I told you that? Yeah. So I'm studying it. Smiling. And then the Spirit dropped something in my heart. He said, use Mana's passing. Okay. I knew what he meant. And then he gave me a line, an opener, liner. So I woke up to them. I said, hi ladies. I have a question for you. What are you drinking? Because obviously, what's ever in this glass is making you very happy. What's the deal? They said, it's margaritas. They said, there's one. Have it. I said, that's very kind of you. But I'm just visiting. I'm about to leave. I'm from South Africa. My name is Solomon, by the way. I said, I'm just here for a couple of months. You know, my wife passed away six months ago. My purpose for saying that is I didn't want sympathy. I wanted to snuff the oxygen out of their body. I wanted to take charge of the atmosphere. All of a sudden, it went down. The party stopped. I said, we're so sorry. The lady next to me said, oh, my husband passed away four months ago. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. But now, they were ready. They were looking at me. Poor man. And I said, in my heart, poor ladies. I said to them, Ever since her passing, I've been thinking more deeply about life and death. When a person dies, where do they go? I'm talking, the way I'm talking to you, this is how I'm talking to them. Where do they go? If you die today, where are you going? I just looking at like a bird in front of a snake. I said, let me tell you, it's one of two places. Heaven or hell. You don't get to heaven by accident. 
You have to make a decision here that that is your destination. And there's a way to do it. I speak to them about Jesus. I say to them, this is the deal. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross as your substitute, I already told them the substitute thing, and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You'll go to heaven. One of the women interrupted me and said, Excuse me, you mean to tell me? And she mirrored, speeched me back. You mean to tell me? If I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins when he died on the cross, that he went into the grave and was resurrected on the third day, and I make that confession with my mouth, I will be saved and I will go to heaven. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, did you want that deal? She said, absolutely. I turned to the other four. I said, what about you? They said, we're in. I said, let's seal this deal. Take hands. And I went to my knees in the middle of the restaurant. And right there, we prayed the sinner's prayer. And I sent you the photo, right? Oh. And they accepted Jesus. It wasn't haphazard. I was studying the situation and asking God for an entry point. I could have gone there and say, ladies, the Bible says, do not get drunk of wine. Wine is an abomination. Drunkards go to hell. I'm just letting you know. I don't mean to rain on your parade. You just, bye, have a great day. By the way, so remember we spoke about the manager thing and we talked the strategy on that. So do you mind me share that quickly? What I shared with you? Let me, let me just share. Yeah, 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 let me just share. So, Joe called the waitress. He felt an unction to pray with the manager. So he said, called the waitress, or it actually was his wife. Can you please go to the manager, who is the owner, actually, and tell him we would like to pray with him. So she goes back, and she tells him that, and he says, no thank you, thank you but no thank yeah. you. Appreciate it for nothing. So I said to Joe, that's great. But we have to change the strategy. You've got to be more strategic. So what could we have done differently? Go to, ask the waitress, hey, do you mind to call the manager? I'd like to see him for a moment. He has to come. Do you understand? And so, by the strategic approach, I can be more um, strategic 
to actually make that opportunity work for my good and for the kingdom. Okay? So I'm just showing that. So I'm talking about how do don't just go in like a bull in a china shop. The Bible says it's not good to have zeal without knowledge and miss the way. That's what Proverbs says. It's good to have zeal with knowledge. Okay. Two more, uh, three more reasons. Five more reasons, four more reasons. Let me read this quote to you. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. No problem. They look entertaining. Another reason. The church, listen to this, can speed up the second coming of Jesus. Why must you be a soul winner? Because when the job is done, when everybody is saved, there is no more reason for Jesus to be held back. Soul winners, evangelists, soul winners, hasten the second coming of Jesus. Let me show you in Scripture. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Looking forward to the day of God and speeding its coming. Hastening His coming. Why is that important? Listen, it's the last sign. The, the last sign... Jesus said these were the signs of the end of the age, right? Matthew 24 verse 14 says the following. The last sign before Jesus comes back. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth. Then the end will come. Not the end of time. He who is the beginning and the end will come. The next reason why you must be a soul winner is because you've been given the Holy Spirit and you receive the Holy Spirit for that purpose. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and dwells within you and you will be, not maybe, not perhaps, not if you're not an intro, extrovert, you will be my witnesses. It is the purpose for the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not released through your mouth, you are keeping the Holy Spirit a prisoner. You're keeping him captive. Now, if this more of a dose of conviction and guilt and all of that, praise Jesus. I thank the Lord for that. We have to be woken up. Amen? The next reason, the next why, 
Because Jesus prayed. He said, this is one of the prayers that I'm asking to be prayed. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. The reason, another why, you soul winner, you are the answer to the prayer of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Lord, I want to answer your prayer. I want to be the solution to that prayer that you said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. Here I am. I'll be part of that solution. Lastly, why must you be a soul winner? It's the only way to store up treasures in heaven. The Bible is very clear. Do not store up. Treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but store up treasure in heaven. The treasure of God in the earth is the souls of men. Everything else that we have, that we work for, silver, gold, houses, cars, whatever it is, is going to end, is going to depart from you this side of the grave. The only thing you can take over to the other side is souls. Don't ever forget that. Lest you spend your energy on that, which is no true value. So I just thought we'll fatten out the why a little bit. Okay? Let's take a break. Um, And then we're going to go into the how we started last week. One of the hows is how do I do the soul winning thing? We said share your testimony. So we will look at the how. This is not exhaustive. If you want that, you go to Lifestyle uh, Christianity School, LCU. You can speak to this guy on my right and he can, he can hook you up. All right? So this is not exhaustive at all. Um, but the how I think is important. Um, and so let me, let me start what I would deem to be the beginning, and then uh, we take it from there. So let's go to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And I want to say the how, the first key of the how is we have to understand authority. Now, authority has a twin companion which is power, which is the second one. So we have to understand, for the how of evangelism, you cannot do evangelism without understanding authority and power. Impossible. So Matthew 28, the first first one, authority. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. If you have it, anybody can read for us, please. Matthew 28. 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. People say the Great Commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's not the Great Commission. The Great Commission is Jesus prefaced what he was, he prefaced the go instruction by the, you need to understand this important truth and reality. All authority has been given to me in both dimensions, where you, by the way, have to operate in the spirit realm and the natural. But let's get this straight. Before I'm going to give you instruction for the assignment, you need to understand authority and that it belongs to me. All. Now, authority in this context is the Greek word exousia. E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Exousia. E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Exousia. And it is what in legal term, uh, uh, the legal world would be referred to as the power of attorney. Another way of putting it. It's the right to use my name. It's the right to use my resources. It's the right to represent me. It's the right to speak on my behalf. It is the right to demonstrate on my behalf. When you operate, it is as if it is me. You are standing in my stead. I was your substitute on the cross so that you now can become my substitute in the earth. I like that. Exousia. Is different to the number two, power, which is the word dunamis, where you get the word dynamite from. Let's stick to exousia. Let's go to one more scripture. Luke chapter 10. Let me just get the address. It's going to be 10 verse 1, I believe. Okay, let's, let's go. It's the same account, Luke 10. Let's go to Matthew 10. It's the same, but I, I, I prefer the, the verbiage better there. Now, you see that the New King James Version used the word power. The NIV used the word authority. It's the word authority that we're looking at. So, Verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them exousia, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits 
and to heal every disease and sickness, it is impossible for you to be a soul winner and an evangelist without understanding this. Evangelism is synonymous to deliverance, healing, raising the dead, casting out demons. It's guerra, it's warfare. There's nothing that is mild about it. It's a violent action. The kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent take it by force. That is what, what you are doing. You are binding the evil one and you are stripping him of his goods. There's nothing about that that is polite. Or oh, I'm just sowing a seed. Oh, where you get this no stuff from? Oh, he's just sowing a seed, you know. And people gravitate to that. Oh, my brother, Jesus called me to sow a seed, you know. Is there truth in that? But he hasn't called you. He's saying, go into all the world and sow seeds. It's a cop-out. Here's my question. You go to a farmer out here. When is harvest time? October, right? The cornfields are this high. And you coming there with your sack of seed. And you're saying to him, oh, oh do you even say, you're just in the field. <laughs> says, what are you doing? Don't worry about me. You're sowing seeds. You are in the wrong season, bro. This is not a time for sowing. It's a time for reaping. Get out of your confusion. Know the times and the seasons. Get out of this jargon, this Christianese jargon. That keep you trapped in impassivity and immobility. And let the Lord light some dynamite under our behinds and send us into the harvest fields. Find reasons, reasons to justify our, impass- our passivity, you know? So, Jesus called his disciples to him. Gave them authority to drive out impure spirits. Do you see how specific that is? Heal every sickness and disease. These are the names. Then he goes out and gives them this instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any town of Samaritan. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. Very specific. Go and proclaim. This is the message. It's the message of the kingdom. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. When people say, what are you doing? What is this? You say to them, 
the kingdom of God has come near to you. Why are you so kind? Why are you paying my bills? Why are you doing this? Let me tell you, this is an invasion. It's not because I'm nice. It's much higher and much bigger than this. What do you do with demons? You counsel them. You drive them out. But all of that is predicated, is based on the understanding and the revelation all authority. This is part of the how. I'm not going to go in deeper in that. The second is... Now, again... Our authority is the right. You have been authorized. Authority, exousia, is not explosive power. It is not electricity that is flowing. Do you understand that? It's not power in manifestation. It's only the legal right to use the power. That's what exousia is. difference. You have to understand that. So when two powers come into conflict and you doubt whether this is your ground or whether you have or whether I'm still with God I'm, I don't know when if I had my quiet time and I'm literally, get out of get, get, get out of that territory until you understand authority. Now, that is a totally sub- a subject on itself. We have to, if we're going to talk about it. So, I'm giving you little snippets here, but that has to be taught with training, exercised, and moved in. It's, it's a whole other different dimension. Second, power. You have to understand the power because it is part of the how. How do you evangelize? How do you lead people with the Lord? You don't do it impotently. You don't do it powerlessly. You do it with power. Now watch this. Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But before you go, stay. You cannot go without this. You have been with me for three years. 24-7. The best Bible school. The best college. The best university. That talks about Christ and equipping for Christian ministry. You cannot get better than that. 24-7 with a master himself. One would have thought they are fully equipped to sit now. You don't leave, dare leave here to do the go before you stay. Because the stay has the secret of the power.
stay until in the city, in Jerusalem, until the English word is here, you have been clothed. The root word there in the Greek is epi. We get our English word epidermis from. Until you are skinned with the Holy Spirit. That it become your exodermis. It's your clothes. It's your clothing. What was lost in the garden, I'm giving you back your glory, your clothing, your garment. Is there a connection possibly between that clothing and the laying on of hands? Mm. People just fall out under the power. When you laid your hands on me, was I like electricity? Is there a possible connection? the epidermis of the Holy Spirit. He said, I've given you the authority, but you don't leave this place without the power. Acts 1.8 You shall receive dunamis. It means explosive power. It means the Divine ability. It means power to save, power to heal, power to confront, power to destroy, power to build up, power to build down, the breakdown, power to establish, power to declare. The power is the Holy Spirit in action. How is the power released? That is what the power is. How is it released? What is the vehicle that carries the power that releases it? It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Faith, yes, it comes by faith. Because you prophesy by faith, you do by it. It's the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are the nine prongs or power channels that releases the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm touching, skimming the surface just to give you that. But all of that has to all be, you know, not just digested, but taught, you know. It's all subjects in are completely on its own, you know. Number three, the how. You do it with boldness. If there's a why, there's a why not. Why do people not lead people to the Lord because of fear intimidation being timid 
thinking they're timid, being intimidated. The power that is given by the Holy Spirit is a power that gives you boldness. You see this, the disciples who were cowering away in the upper room, they thought they're coming for them next. They're going to the cross next. They went to hide. They didn't go. It was like they ran for their lives. Peter cursed three times. Do you know Jesus? What are you talking about? I don't know this guy. But you sound like... Trying to save his behind. But then the power of the Holy Spirit came. And they were changed into a different man. The same guy that was running away was leading the charge, and 3,000 people came to know Jesus like that. So boldness. Second Timothy, let's go there. Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Do you see the gospel, the wise in there? The love? The love that you're baptized in love? I'm moved by love? The power, the enemies, sound mind. My mind is renewed by the word, the truth. No, that's a lie, sorry. No entry here. Mm-mm. Not permitted. I have been thinking like that all this time, but I realized it was wrong. Thinking, thinking. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no more. <laughs> Drive it out. The anointing can do that too. Drive it out. And so boldness is what is needed. If you are going to be a soul winner, the how, you don't do it, you do it with boldness. And boldness doesn't have to be bull in a china shop, but it's a boldness that emanates from a strength, from a power on them. I'm not backing down until I win. Number four, the how, testimony. Share your testimony. So when we talk about the power, the how, and the Holy Spirit, what I mean by that is you, when you go in and lead someone to the Lord, you're using all those weapons, nine powerful weapons. So you can go in, some to the Lord, you're standing there, you give them a word of knowledge. Right? Boom! How did you know that? Well, the God who told me that, he's telling me this. He loves you. He's asking you to be reconciled with him, to accept him to say, all right. Okay, this person is sick. Okay? Power. Nine. Gifts of healing. All right. Oh yeah, now the God who healed you is the God who wants to save you. You want that deal? Yeah, sure. 
confused. I must make a decision. Don't know. Nine gifts. Okay. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Prophecy. All right. Oh my gosh. How do you know that? You just told me my entire life. Well, the God who just told me about that loves you so much. He wants a relationship with you. Do you want that? Sure. You come to somebody and say, a lady, you know, like Gina. Hey, Gina, how you doing? I am well. Oh, it's ten. It's all right. What? Out! Did that scare you? No. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) How? Tracts. Evangelism tracts. Do you guys know where tracts are? Do you have a tract here? No. It's just like a, it's just a little, smaller two-page or one-page little thingy pamphlet that says the gospel. And they have thousands out there. Okay? So that is another how. You may not have the time. But you can just, hey, just drop it. I want to give you this. Thank you. There are so many people that came to know Jesus just through tracts. I have a stash with you. When we go to hospitals and stuff, I'm going to go to that now, um, we have a little bag and we put like the Jehovah Witnesses we went to, we, they taught us for like two weeks first. Uh, <laughs> 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 kidding. No, we just, just said, oh, they got a little bag. All right, right, that works. Are you guys from Jehovah Witnesses? No, we're from Jehovah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Carry sweets, uh, chocolates. Hey, I just got a gift for you. Wow, thank you. Now let me tell you about the greater gift. I have another gift for you. You know? That's just a how. How? Go to hospitals. Find a need, a felt need. People are sick. People are sick in a hospital. Do you know what's on their mind? The possibility of death. Exploit that for the sake of the kingdom. Prisons. Bro, you, the, you, you think you are behind bars? There are bigger bars that's holding you. There are more chains that are holding you than what you can think. This change around your hand is nothing. I've come to set you free from within. Schools. All of those things. Hey, the Johnsons moved in down the street. Get an apple pie from Walmart, two ninety nine. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, I'm so-and-so from down the road. We just want to welcome you to the neighborhood. And you know that's going to be a catalyst. You know, the Curtis family down the road, the husband fell and broke his back and he's paralyzed. And you pass there every time you know the, the lawn has not been mowed. It just looks like it's a jungle out there. 
While the guys are mowing your lawn, just say, hey, go down the road. Go mow the grass of those guys down there. Let your good works become evident to people so that they can see it and praise God. Who did this with love from us? Pay their bill. Double the tip. Why are you doing this? The kingdom of God is knocking on your door. The how. Get a bus. Label it. Get your car. Just put stuff around it. They say to you at school in the US, oh, you can't preach Jesus here. Just get gospel t-shirts. <laughs> Just go sit in front of them. It's like, Jesus loves you. You know? Huh. Instead of, oh, I don't know what this country is coming to. They're taking, taking God out of the schools and pray out of the schools. It's such a shame. There's another, I wanted to say, but, you know, hush, hush. What are you going to do about it? The problem is not the problem. The way we look at the problem is the problem. What are you going to do about it? Hey, I'm talking to you. The glasses, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, what are you going to do about it? You see, you are set up wherever God has you. It's just a rhetorical question. I'm playing with you, okay? You can relax. But it's a question, what are you going to do? God, how can you use me? You have a voice. You are powerful. You are gentle, yet you are strong. You are soft, yet you are tough. You have a whisper, but your whisper is actually a shout. Because the other guys who have, and the girls who have that long, and that loud shout, those guys, they tune them out. They are people specifically designed who are tuned to the frequency of your voice and your spirit. And only you can reach them. You're a powerhouse. You are. Then go and do crusades. You know, if you don't have a... a, a um, a platform, use a table, you know, like I did at the university. Just in the dining hall, just get on the table. Hey, guys, get on the chair in the airplane. In fact, better still, just go to the pilot and say, you know what, um, I've read about this uh, airplane that just um, crashed. Um, do you mind before we take off? that I just pray a prayer protection, you know, over everybody, over... Oh, yeah, sure. You've heard of Egypt 922? I mean, there's no... You know, that's correct. Okay, yeah, you sure. All right, people, before we go, and just... 
become creative. How? I had a friend that went to nightclubs. And they have people, the team, go to the door, go to the entrance, they'd say, Blood! Blood! And everybody would run out of the thing. You know, they come out of there because they don't know what's going. He says, Blood! Blood! And they run out. And when they get there, the team is standing there and they say, Oh, the blood of Jesus. You know? I'm serious, it's a true story. And they lead them to Jesus. Just get creative. You know? How? This is all one-on-one. Two. One of the great things is needs. Find a need. Go meet it. In other words, we, in other words, we, 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 we are... We are gearing our approach to the realities of life. It's not so far removed that it's out there. Hey, all of you guys, come up here and come and meet Jesus here. Mm-mm. He descended down into the situation of man. Let's bring the gospel into where they are at, the how. And then the Holy Spirit will initiate. I was driving down the road once. The Lord would say, go to Baptist Street, number 35. Happened to be around the corner from where I live. I didn't know that. Go and pray for somebody who's sick. There's somebody that happens to be sick in this house. Oh yeah, my husband. Five years now. I'm sorry, man, I don't mean to intrude, but God sent me here today to pray for him. Wow, please come. And a guy that's in bed for five years, get up. An entire family comes to Jesus because of that. There's another part of the how. Not by my, not by power, but by my spirit. There's such a wide spectrum that at least one of these will fit you. At least one. But I found once we get going and we use, we are faithful in the little, the little will become more. If you are faithful in the least, you'll be faithful in the much. And so it begins. And he adds to you and he adds to you. Before you know it, you are turning nations to Jesus. The guy that was demon-possessed one day, the next had crusades in ten cities. And do you know what he used? Just his testimony. 
I was the guy that you guys read about in the newspaper. The Jerusalem Post? Yeah, that was me. The stock raving, the naked raving mad lunatic? That guy speaking to you right now. Do you know, que pasó, what happened? Jesus. We have a glorious gospel. We have a powerful gospel. We have a life-changing gospel. We have a gospel that the people need. That is why Jesus came. And that is why he saved you and I. Are you tracking with me? Mm -hmm. And that is a wrap. I'm not going to see you again. So what are we going to do? We can just put on some music. Um, perhaps Eric Gilmore instrumental. Just for a few seconds. What are we going to do? Is I'm going to ask that all of us come into the center. And we just come into a mode, a posture of surrender. And a posture of presenting ourselves to the king. And saying, Lord, work in me what needs to be done. Philippians 2, 13, 14 says, For it's God who works in you to will and to do according to His good purpose and pleasure. God does it. So, I, But I'm presenting myself. Chloe was asking, you're telling me, so God did all of this on the cross, so all of them, doesn't matter if they sin and they do their thing, they'll just go to heaven? No. You have to come into agreement. And so, all of this power is available. All of this is, you, it's been written about you. In the palm of his hands. You are not just a number. You have been accepted in the beloved. Individually. Not as a group. Oh, I'm going to save the, the neighborhood. No. He handpicked you. Individually. You matter. And what matters to you matters to him. are important but he wants to come and he wants to do something more than just minister to you he wants to minister through you because his love that way can go so much further can reach so many more people and you are his choice he chose you to do that so let's just do the surrender. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to our GGG event recording. To get involved with our growing community or to connect with us, reach out to us on our website, gggministry.com, or any of our other social media platforms. It's really been an honor serving you all, and I pray blessings and favor over each of you and your families. Thank you. Thank you.